0: This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Somich on v
2: the sports betting network.
3: Sunday edition of The Handle here on v and DraftKings. Matt Brown, Mike Somich coming to you, proudly brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to talk some college basketball a little bit later with Eli Hershkovich, a guy that knows his college basketball up and down. We're going to get into some of these other NFL futures markets that are being bantied about out there. I know if you listen to the network, they're they're pretty popular, but we're going to give our two cents on all of those as well but mike you know let's talk a little bit about what went down yesterday we talked about some horse racing which we'll give some picks a little bit later there as well talk some horse racing get home in the first race second race our guy didn't want to do what he needed to do it didn't it didn't happen for us what what went wrong i know you talked to him afterwards what What went down
2: yeah it was nice to get uh to, to home it's got a seven dollar winner there so plus 250 on Terafa in the first one Chasing Freedom had a shot. We just didn't run straight down the lane. Everything else was worked out well. We saw we saw Sierra Leone come up for Chad Brown and get the win. Actually pretty happy. If we're going to lose, at least it's a Chad Brown dirt horse who's a closer that's now going to get bet in the Derby. Saw him go all the way down to 5 to 1 in the futures pool. Cannot wait to fade this horse as we get further along in the Kentucky Derby trail <laughs> cuz I don't want a closer and I don't want Chad Brown in the Derby. So I you know, if we're going to lose, at least give us a result that we can bet back against that horse later.
3: UFC 298 goes down last night, and if you were watching and you started from the beginning, you just started going, oh, that person with the minus number one, that person with the minus number one, that person with the minus number one, and then you got all the way through the main card, all the way to the main event, yes, every single favorite leading into the main event got home i'm sure that was not a great thing for the books out there because everybody likes to parlay those favorites and we even mentioned it yesterday here on the show mike you know listen sometimes bankrolls don't allow to bet these minus 245 275 290 favorites but you can plug a couple of them together get a more palatable number and go in and feel a little bit more you know a little bit more at ease with what you're putting to risk and what you're going to win with all of that and that's what we saw yesterday if you had paired up any two now i'm not saying you go in and make a 10, 10 leg par. That's not what we're saying here, but you know, you take two guys you like, you put the two guys in there, you take two another two guys you like, you put those guys together, you go in and next thing you know, you, you've got like these kind of minus one Oh five plus one Oh five ish type two, two leg parlays and makes it a little bit easier from a bankroll perspective. And if you did that last night, you came away really, really, really happy. Yeah, it was a fun
2: UFC card. You got like th- it's interesting, Matt. I got you to bet a horse yesterday. You got me betting UFC mm-hmm. yesterday. Both worked out pretty well. We got Hernandez plus 180 on the submission. Our, our Costa Whitaker bet went over, so we got that over too. Nice little two and night. You mentioned Marab. He gets home. We we're talking about uh, we were talking about parlaying that up with Hernandez, getting some plus money. You like t- the you like the the dog in the final fight as well. So f- phenomenal UFC 298. I'm going to actually have to start betting this in the future now
3: yeah tapuria gets home as the dog last night late money coming in on volkanovsky so a lot of people thought that there was some value there as the champion was getting a little bit closer to walk into the octagon and that ended up getting a price up to tapuria that you could find out there about plus 125 i saw a plus 130 pop that it didn't last very long but a plus 130 was out there to get in on him and you just look and it was kind of like we talked about with ben folks a little bit yesterday when we were previewing this thing I didn't see a big advantage for Volkanovski in any leg of this fight other than experience. And, and you know, he looked good, but Tepuria looks good as well. And then, of course, in the second round, ends up getting the knockout, one of the cleanest, right hands you are going to see in that division as far as a one punch knockout and do not be mistaken just because he went down and added a couple of more it was volkanovsky was out as soon as that punch landed it was a walk-off for sure and we have a new champion in Ilya tapuria who is going to be phenomenal going to be a guy that's going to be super fun to watch but that's not all listen we're not going to just recap here we got stuff that we're going to bet today
2: All right, classic. It's time for the Handles
0: High Five. High five. All right. Number one.
3: Mike, we are going to spend an entire segment here, and I think it deserves an entire segment, and it might even bleed over into another one, talking NFL MVP Odds are already out over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We will go through top to bottom. We'll give you some thoughts on all the guys that we think maybe are getting disrespected. Maybe some of these lines that are a little bit too short. But you start to go in and it's, I know, it's not for everyone to lock up money for for an incredibly long period of time. But some of these names on here and some of these numbers attached will change as we start to see some of these free agent moves happen, whatever happens in the draft and all of that and so if you can kind of look at these start to read the tea leaves connect the dots a little bit it's like man is this the best number i'm ever going to get on this guy at least leading into the season right i mean of course these things are dynamic and they're going to change depending on how the teams play and how the players play as we lead in but that's kind of what i try to identify with all these and of course we'll run through all that a little bit later
2: yeah, you got to look for value, right? You got to try and find guys who are going to drop. We saw Justin Fields take a phenomenal amount of money during the offseason last year. His odds plummeted during that time. <laughs> There's going to be one or two guys who odds drop here. Now, I know neither of us backed Justin Fields last year, but if you wanted to and you bet him at this time, you got a better number than kickoff during week one. And that's really what you're looking to do is trying to get a couple numbers that are better than the, what the week one kickoff number is going to be into your account if you actually like those players. Obviously, that's a key part of this. You actually have to like someone to win the MVP. But if you do, I do think there's a couple numbers out there that you can get. I I don't have one in my account that I'm awfully tempted to
3: put in there. We'll talk about that a little bit later. You ready for the long tease? I do do have one in my account. I did play one already, so I do have one in my account. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's keep it rolling. Number two. Number two is who picks him? And we were there who picks him because we actually have all of these markets available at DraftKings as well, Mike, where we know the players that are going in the draft. And we're trying to connect the team that's going to take them. And so you sit there, and, and we look down the list, and I think that we have some decent ideas on some of these, and they're just very interesting markets to at least talk through because some of the odds do differ from where you can get, like, we'll go ahead, spoiler alert here on this one, but, you know, the the Chicago Bears to draft Kayla Williams is a shorter price than it is Kayla Williams to go number one overall. And so if you believe that the Bears are going to hold on to that pick, then you could get, the, you could get Kayla Williams at a much shorter price to go number one overall than it would be for you know betting again him just being the number one overall pick so you can kind of sit there and take these two different markets and get different ways to play these guys and so we'll talk we'll talk that through as well yeah, it's a fun way
2: to look at it, and I, I like your call there. If you, you take Caleb Williams' number one overall versus to the Bears, you're getting a better price. So you have to be able to shop from market to market and make sure you're finding the best possible price. We also know Caleb Williams is most likely going number one, so it's a little more interesting to look at who could poss- where he could possibly land. I know we got the second favorite there, Washington, at plus 250. There's a lot of writing on the wall there that Washington may try and move up one spot. The Bears go back to two and take their pick of Jaden Daniels or Drake May. So there's there's a little bit of more intrigue, too, when you're looking at lining the team up with the player.
3: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting market from uh, once we get out of the, the 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 couple of quarterbacks that they've listed on here as well, because they might be starting to throw some darts, but you know, listen, we'll throw darts. we got a lot of time to talk about the NFL between now and the time the season starts. Witherspoon to Seattle at five would have paid boatloads at this time last year, so darts don't always miss. Exactly. We'll throw some darts every now and then. Let's rock and roll. Number three, so we're going to talk some college basketball. I mentioned Eli Hershfit is going to join us a little bit later. He is a college basketball analyst over at the lines.com. But Mike, you, we talked about this We're we're post NFL. Now we're starting to get into some of these other sports, starting to handicap these a little bit more. And I know you are digging a little bit deeper in the college basketball market as well. I am. We got, we got an in handle sweat going on right
2: now, Matt Brown. You got Mm. Florida Atlantic final four team taking on South Florida right now. Game just tipped off. I played South Florida plus five and a half in this spot, Florida Atlantic, the team with the name recognition, 24th in the nation, South Florida, actually leading the American conference right now. They're 11 and one Florida Atlantic 11 and 10 and two. Now, why is this important? Don't forget. Two, te- two of the three postseason tournaments were won by teams out of this conference last year and Florida Atlantic in the final four. They had a ch- ch- chance at sweeping the postseason tournament. So a very competitive basketball conference. You've got number one versus number two in that conference playing right now. And South Florida, who's number one, five and a half point dog at home. So I took a little bit of South Florida. Other game I'm watching here is Purdue at uh, Ohio State. Ohio State been very disappointing. Purdue number two in the nation. Purdue laying uh, a, a nice chunk right now. Eight points for Ohio State at home. I didn't put a bet in here, but I am tempted to take Ohio State plus the eight. This one tips off at 10 a.m. We'll see how the South Florida game is going, and then we'll decide if we want to get a little piece of Ohio State as another home dog.
3: Worth mentioning, a lot of people taking the seven points with Marquette yesterday, and they get waxed by UConn, 81-53. to It was a popular bet. It was a popular pick, and UConn said, nah, not today. 42 to 26 at halftime in that one
2: it almost seems like UConn plus 650
3: is a little bit too long to win the title that they
2: should be somewhere in that four to one range so be interesting to follow that as well as we move forward here and I know we're going to talk a little bit with Eli
3: about that upcoming schedule let's keep it rolling number four We're going to talk a little ice soccer, and it fits more now with ice soccer Mm -hmm. because this is actually being played on a field. Now it will be on ice, but they're actually playing (laughs) this in a field. We're taking a look at some NHL here today, Mike.
2: We are. We've got the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders heading to MetLife Stadium to play outside. Puck drops at Noon Pacific, 3 Eastern today. And the Rangers, actually, the most prolific outdoor team in the NHL. 4-0 in these outdoor games so far. They're rolling right now. Rangers heading in the opposite, du- or the Islanders heading in the opposite direction here. I'll have a play coming up from this game later in the What the Puck segment, as well as a couple pony picks
3: oh we got a couple of pony picks we're going to throw them in for good measure just for you guys out there you're going to go in you're going to find that dk horse app in your app store and you're going to go in and you're going to start firing on these things mike's going to make you love them uh you know you're going to be you're going to be sitting there fiending for delta downs and (laughs) and, and louisiana downs and all these other downs that are that are out there whenever we go at it let's uh wrap it up here number 5 number 5 daytona 500 and this is a little bit of the air out of the balloon here because this has now been moved to monday mike this was a lot of rain coming through everyone was worried that it might actually get postponed in mid race and they decided hey look we're not even going to take the chance so this thing gets bumped to tomorrow
2: yeah, I would say it's the air out of the tires, Matt, instead of the balloons, since we're not going to see them uh, going in circles today. But this is always a fun race. Uh, not anything I have bet on. I did get someone to tell me I should be playing Toyota plus 260. Haven't put in the account yet, but uh, that's the only tip I have gotten so far in this one.
3: The only thing I can say about this, did talk to somebody earlier this week about this over on a numbers game. And they were just saying, listen, there's wrecks in this all the time. It's why the long shots hit. Take a shot at a couple of long, if you just want something to sweat, right? If you just want to sweat, put a couple of longer ones in your account and it'll be worth it. When we come back, let's talk a little Genesis.
0: This is the handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on V the sports betting network.
3: Do you pay for the internet? Well, do we have a treat for you? Because when you go over to vsin.com, vsin.com, we have a fresh new website waiting on you over there. If you're somebody that's new to betting, we've got an expanded educational content section. But if you're a guy that used to go to the old vsin.com and well, you were really going to like this new one, because one, it functions better on your phone, it's a mobile first focus. And then also just the navigation and the functionality and all the things you came to know and love just work a little bit better, Mike, vsin.com is the place to be. And we did a lot of work over there so that everyone can enjoy the experience. Now you
2: got me wondering, do I pay for the internet? Or am I paying for Wi-Fi? I mean, you, does your phone count as paying for the
3: internet? I'm not sure yes. if I
2: pay for it or not.
3: Yes, we pay. You pay for it, you pay for it all. We, we we just pay for all of it, right? Between your phone, between yeah. your home internet, wherever you go, you know we're paying for all of that. And guess what? Veasan.com is there for you whenever you do do that. Now we do have a golf tournament going on over in California. We talked about the unfortunate circumstance of Tiger Woods having to withdraw. We talked about the unfortunate circumstance of Jordan Spieth getting disqualified because he signed a scorecard that was wrong. And Mike, we didn't really rant on that too much yesterday. There was a lot of people chiming in yesterday about all of this. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where we realize that certain stuff was put into place at a time in which it needed to be put into place. But then as evolution and technology and us just getting better at all this, there isn't really necessarily a need for it. And this whole signing the correct scorecard thing, when we have shot link data and we have television and we have every single scoring app on the face of the planet and we have all this stuff like that, like used to it just, if me and you were playing together, it was just our two words as to what I shot and what you shot. That was it. Right. I mean, that's what, that was the only thing that people could go back on. That's just not the case anymore. And so the fact that we're asking these guys to go in and then verify something that it's verified in a hundred different locations already just seems crazy pretty ridiculous if you want to penalize them just for the tradition of it you don't want to get away give it, go away with it forever fine Stro- you know find them a stroke or something or two whatever it is but like disqualifying guys for stuff that we already know what the correct answer is in a hundred different locations seems just a little silly uh, it's
2: wild. I, I,
3: I was shocked
2: when I saw this. It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I realize they keep their own score. They got their scorecard, yada, 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 all that. But like you said, this is tracked in 20 different ways during this tournament. There is no reason they should even have a scorecard at this point. Let them focus on playing golf. This would be like if you were at Wimbledon. And there is no electronic review and there's no referee in the chair. And you're just letting the players call if it's in or out and not worrying about looking back at it. There's no reason to have this at this point. Yes. It's, this is literally top two things that bother me right now. The fact that you have to sign a scorecard in golf and the fact we're still using a chain gang in the NFL. Yeah. Two things that are just wildly absurd considering the technology we have available and the technology that's used in the sport. I said this yesterday. I know the club head speed, the trajectory, and the speed of the ball off of the golf club Every single hole for any golfer I want. But they have to sign a scorecard.
3: Yes. Come on, it's insane. And listen, I know this is like an extreme example. So let me take it to like the hyperbolic level here or something. But could you imagine at the end of a basketball game, and LeBron has to go over and sign for how many points he scored and how many rebounds he got and how many, and if you got it wrong, then the team lost the game or so. It's like you know, come on, it's just it's, it's absurd. Like we don't have to do this. If you want to penalize them, like I said, because you don't want to get rid of it completely because it's part of the game and the history of the game. And yes, and. That 1800s the only way you could do it was if me and bobby said that's what i shot you know i get it <laughs> but that's just we don't have to do that anymore so let's move on technology so I, has made it to where we don't have to do this
2: honestly if they did that in the nba i'd be all for it i think it'd be hilarious <laughs> because like westbrook would be like yeah i had 18 rebounds tonight tell me i didn't you know you have certain players that know their exact stats and Jokic should be like i got no clue i have no idea how many points i scored so it'd be phenomenal to see that in the nba
3: so heading over i have found myself uh in the very unfortunate <laughs> position of not being able to hedge and having a guy that could win the tournament. So great. Uh, this is every yeah. golf better's dream. I say that in jest. That's absolutely facetious. So I have Will Zalatouris, uh two strokes off the lead heading into the final round, but. There's no clean hedge because there's that pesky little Xander Schauffele also in there who is also two strokes behind Patrick Cantlay, who continues to lead the tournament. And Mike, this is kind of the scenario that we painted on this yesterday, which was Cantlay could have a round where he was kind of stuck in neutral, but he had such a lead that he was going to go into Sunday in the mix no matter what. Because even if someone put up kind of the round of the day, which is what Xander and Will both did, they were still going to be trading him, uh, trailing him. And so that's where we are right now with Cantlay. Plus 105 to win it all. Xander at plus 280. Zalatoris at plus 450. There are some longer shots here. Luke List, who, you know, again, in theory, could come back 14 to 1. Jason Day, Harris English. But they're all sitting, you know, well off the lead here. And and they would have to kind of shoot the round of the day and have three guys in front of them all, you know, play um, average. And I just don't know if that's going to be the case here. But, um, you know, listen, if you look at the stats and what they say you know, Xander and Zalatoris didn't have these outlier putting rounds, so they just played really, really good golf yesterday. They both gained a stroke putting, but, I mean, it wasn't like they were one of these guys where it's this huge outlier and they gained, you know, two and a half, three strokes on the field putting, so there isn't any of that. Both of them actually, uh, uh, Zalatoris actually lost around the green and off the tee was basically even to the field. And so if you kind of read in here, Zalatoris didn't do anything crazy good he just did everything well and with that was able to to kind of catch up here you do see Xander where he was able to uh to gain 1.8 strokes on the field around the green so he was able to scramble very very well so like I said I'm in a horrible position here Mike I just have to sit there and and pray this is a this is a let them tee it up and pray and hopefully something uh, shows you know manifests throughout the course of the tournament I can play in round I don't accept that don't be a curmudgeon Matt if I told you at the start of the,
2: the tournament you've got someone at 70 to 1 who going into Sunday is plus 450 and you're, you're in a terrible position look if you want I will buy your original ticket for double what you bet and I'll take it off your hands I'm happy to do it for you so you can lock in a profit now it's a great spot I, I appreciate you giving out uh, Willie Z I, I took a little bit of piece of him as well so got a nice little Sunday sweat here we'll see if something in in round actually presents a, an opportunity to hedge off some of it but hey if you're telling me I'm live to a 70 to one shot, who's four and a half to one on Sunday. I am ecstatic, Matt. Yeah. You should be very happy with the current position. And you know what else is happening right now? My boy, Sunday charging Roy McElroy, is teasing me a little bit. I Uh-oh. probably bet him at the worst possible time to be top five yesterday, uh, two under after four, ends up two under for the round.
3: He's two under through two today. There we He's go. He's making his move. There getting we me go. a little excited here. That's what he does. It's just he goes and he plays well when it doesn't matter. You know, he goes exactly. and he plays well when, when it doesn't matter. So I've gotten a lot of. I've gotten a lot of questions about, hey, man, I listened to the podcast this week. You know, I have Zalator's tickets. What do I do? My best advice is, like we just said, wait till this thing gets going in round. Hope that Cantlay struggles, you know, at some point in the first five or six holes, something like that. Maybe Xander plays his way out of it, and then that way you get a more of a head-to-head situation with with Will Zalatoris and Cantlay, but the problem with there being three guys and the problem with the prices attached to them right now there's there's just not really a clean hedge i mean like somebody told me mike hey i'm getting plus 105 on a guy that's going into the round with a two-stroke lead i'm not going to talk you off of that bet for sure because again it is one of the top 10 players in the world with a two-stroke lead heading into the final round of a tournament but um for me i'm just going to see if something better presents itself maybe i'll at some point pull the trigger on trying to get some of this money back at least at least making sure that i'm even for the tournament but i'm not going to do anything pre hole one here anyway Yeah,
2: I I like that idea. I mean, ideally here, we have a good start for Zalatoris. He's Mm -hmm. able to gain a stroke or two on Cantlay early, and and you have uh, either Cantlay or Xander fall off. You really want to make this a a two-horse race here at the top, and once you get to that position, as long as one of them is Zalatoris, there's an easy way to be able to hedge off of this. The other way you could do it is if you do see Xander and Zalatoris struggle early, you can get some Cantlay, and the beauty of having a 70 to one ticket is you can lay minus 200 mm-hmm. and you're still doing just fine. Like the, the 70 to one allows you a little more extra leeway when you are looking at a hedge. So I think it's a good in round opportunity. I agree with you. I, I don't really want to go in there and bet both Shoffley and Cantley right now to just break even. I, I think I'd rather wait until in round, see if we can make mm-hmm. this a two headed or two horse race and then take advantage of it from there.
3: We said NASCAR. We, we were going to devote some time to this, but we'll talk about it all day on the network or at least all morning on the network tomorrow with all of this. They did move the Daytona 500, which weird to have your Super Bowl as the first thing of the season, but hey, whatever. NASCAR, do your thing. It is what it is. Uh, it, it did get moved to Monday. You can see the odds up on your screen if you're looking right now. Denny Hamlin at eight to one. Joey Logano, nine to one. Keselowski, Bush, both at 10 to one. Blaney Elliott at 12. You got a 14 in Larson, 18 to one on Byron, Truex, and Bell, and then everyone else 20 to one or longer on this. Mike, again, like I talked to someone who bets a ton on NASCAR. I do not. His main thing was, you know what? If you want to have a sweat, I would go in, take a bunch of these 20, 25, 30. You can put three or four of those guys in your account. Most likely one of those guys will at least be in the mix and you'll have a fun sweat, you know, with like a 25, 30, 35 to one ticket in your account, because there is so much variance in this race that the the odds don't necessarily dictate what the actual predictive nature of this race is.
2: Yeah, this is this is one of those races where because it's a super speedway, you're going to get these crashes that involve 10, 15 cars a couple times during the race. That really shuffles the deck. It allows you to to have some longer shots that are going to be right in there. Obviously, the the top name guy is all going to be a little bit shorter prices. I had someone come out and tell me Michael McDowell, not a terrible bet. there, sitting at 20 to one. Um, He's going to be in the third car for the Kieslowski
3: team. So, you know, it's going to be a good car. He'd be the one that I take a peek at right now. I mean, listen, you look go down all the way down to the bottom. Anthony Alfredo, Tony Sauce, baby, gives you an Anthony Alfredo in your in your account if you want to go at it. Let's talk some All Star Game when we come back.
1: This
0: is the handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summidge on V Sin, the sports betting network.
3: If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VEASAN experts got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You get those daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access. You get our upcoming College Hoops betting guide. Of course, we're going to break down all of the brackets for you and then everything we do over at VEASAN.com, that new pretty VEASAN.com that we talked about a little bit earlier, VEASAN.com slash pro to get in on all of the action over there. Matt Brown, Mike Samich, coming to you here on DraftKings Network and VEASAN.com. This is the handle on a Sunday. Back to our our old familiar time from earlier on. Mike and I, uh, I sit here and say, "Am I excited about the NBA All Star Game?" Eh, not really. Not you know, not so much. It's kind of a snoozer. Um, it really is. It's kind of a snoozer. But that being said. It is something that is available. It is something that you can bet on if you want to. There are different player props even and stuff out there for all of this, which I know seems a little shocking. It was kind of shocking to me. With all of that, you can bet the All-Star Game MVP as well if you want to go that direction. So there are many different ways that you can tackle this thing. I don't know if you partake or if you do it just as, again, something to have on in the background and you have a tiny bit of sweat going on. But as we sit right now, Western Conference, two and a half point favorites, total down to 359 after we saw this thing as we were talking, (laughs) joking about it, a little 364 uh, just uh, just a little bit ago. Uh,
2: down, down to
3: 350, yes. man. it's just, yes. it's
2: just wild. Those dropped five points mm. today. Uh, pretty crazy stuff right now. Uh, we went back to the, so first off, let's talk a little about the format. So we mm. went back to East first West. So we're not drafting the teams this year, which is a change. We're also not doing the Elam scoring in the fourth quarter, which makes an adjustment here in the total. It's why we've seen the total tick up from what we've seen in previous years. Uh, I, 359, that's that's a big, big, big number. Now they have gone over this a couple times when they're playing this style of format. So we're gonna have four quarters, 12 minutes per quarter. This isn't the one where I don't want to play the East or the West. I'm not interested in t- taking a side. I like playing overs in all-star games. This seems a little bit hefty to me. Defense is going to be optional for all, for all four quarters. So you, you could see a pace that kind of sets up for this, but you're going to need people to shoot well from three-point range. We're in Lucas Oil Stadium. I was not overly impressed with the way that the three-point competition went from a shooting perspective. 26 was the highest score that anyone put up. That was tied by four separate people in the first round. And a little bit of a sweat in our Carl Anthony Towns. He did make the finals, ended up losing to Dame Lillard by two points in the three-point shooting contest. But if I'm going to play the over, I need to know that they're going to shoot lights out from three in these spots. I'm a little worried we're going to see that. I do think there's some places that you can attack from both the MVP market and the player prop market. This game is in Indiana, and what we often see is that hometown players in these all-star games have big games because they're going to put the ball up a little bit more. The crowd wants them to shoot, and the players around them are going to give them the ball. Halliburton is the one guy that I'm looking at here right now. He's the second choice for the MVP market. He's plus 650, and it's has, interesting.
3: Has already moved. He is now the co-favorite now the co at 6-1 to one with, uh, with Giannis. So somebody along your lines of thinking out there.
2: Yeah, it, it makes sense. And it's, it's one of those young stars who's rising in the NBA. This could very easily be a coming out party for him. Giannis right now, from a player points perspective, his prop is the highest in the game at 28 and a half points. The next up is Tatum sitting at 23 and a half. I like the Halliburton over. If, if he's this short in the MVP market, yet his points prop is only sitting at 15.5. Give me the over 15 and a half points. I think there's he easily goes for 20 here, like I said. Hometown guy, he's going to get his shots up here. And we have a second choice for MVP. I think he's got a very good chance to eclipse that 15 and a half points. So that's the one bet that I have in my account right now. I do think the MVP is a little bit more wide open than just an open and shut case for Giannis here. I think Halliburton's interesting at 6-1 to if you go down the list. I think someone like Luka Doncic at 12-1 to a little bit interesting. And even Anthony Edwards, who... He took over the USA team earlier this year. We've seen him have phenomenal games. He's a guy who loves to go to the rim and dunk, but also can shoot threes. So he's got a versatility in his scoring as well. So if I was looking at MVP, Halliburton would be the first pick there. But I do like the prices for Anthony Edwards and Doncic a little bit as well.
3: Yeah, if we're going to run down the board here, guys, uh, as we mentioned, Halliburton now moved to six to one. Giannis at six to one. Curry eight to one. LeBron is nine, as is Tatum, as is Edwards. Then you get to SGA at 12. Luka at 12. Durant at 12 Lillard at 12 Booker at 16 Donovan Mitchell at 22 and then everybody else is 35 to one or longer uh so Mike I'll throw this out there this was one little narrative that I heard and I don't necessarily agree with it but hey listen we got to talk about it some way so let's go ahead and talk about it which was you see LeBron at nine to one and while everyone assumes he is coming back to play next year he is not 100% committed to coming back and playing next year, and so there is at least a small percentage that this would be could in fact be LeBron's last All Star game. I think he plays next year. I think you think he plays next year. I think the vast majority of people think that he plays next year. But I guess there is a, you know, if the Lakers go on a miracle run and they win the title this year, he could he could hang it up because what else you could, why would you come back? You're gonna you could end it on a championship. Um So there is that narrative that was floating just a tad like LeBron at nine to one, because this is at least a chance that it could be his last All-Star game. Yeah,
2: there's a chance it is. I, I don't think it will be, and I think the voters don't really think it will be. So I, I don't love that narrative. If if that's the reason you're mm-hmm. betting him, if you think he should be ten to one, but he's nine to one, but you think it's his last one, so you're giving him a little edge there. To me, that's that's a, a very weak handicap, just because we don't know, and the writers don't know. I think that a lot of this is going to go based off of how the game goes and how the stats in that game go. Now, LeBron likes to stuff the stats sheet in an All Star game, so at nine to one, he's not a, a outlying uh, player there. He's also someone like Edwards who. We'll go to the rim. We'll take the easy two points, which matters in these all-star games. But then also we'll take a bunch of threes. And if he gets hot from long range, you can see him get that award. It's what we saw from Tatum last year where he took the twos when he wanted them and then hit a bunch of threes. He ends up winning the NBA all-star or the uh, MVP in the all-star game. So he's got the right style that you're looking for. Um, To me, I want someone who can both shoot and score from the inside. One thing I do want to note, because when I was looking through these player props, Matt, that kind of caught me off guard. Jokic is sitting at just six and a half points as a player prop. And your immediate instinct is, hey, let's go over that Jokic six and a half. I'm like, "Okay, well, let's let's do a little bit of research. There has to be a reason why your favorite for the MVP in the regular season is 50 to one to win MVP in this game. And also as a prop sitting that low, you look back at his past all star appearances. This is going to be the sixth time he's in an all star game. He's gone over six and a half points just once in his previous five Mm -hmm. all star games. He had ten points in that one All-Star game. He's never had ten assists. Never had ten rebounds in any game. It doesn't seem like he really wants to be there. So Jokic is one of those guys where you're going to see the prop and you're going to say, "Oh, that's got to be an over." I uh, I'm not betting the under, but I'll tell you, I am definitely not betting the over either.
3: Yeah, it's. I think that that's a good way to. I think that's a way to go about it too. I mean, and listen, he plays a lot, and like there, there might be a, you know, just the thought that we're going to. Put him out on the thing for three minutes, you know. Whatever, like, you know. Let him go and wave to everyone. He's an all-star and all that. But like, you know, not put any more tr- tread on the tire. You know, uh, take any more tread off the tires, if you know what I mean. Well, I and mean, when you think about this game, it, it, the winners of the NBA
2: MVP and the All-Star game are all guys who want the spotlight. They want to be recognized. They want to shine the brightest around all the other stars. That's just not Jokic. He's like, whatever, man. I would rather be riding harness horses over in my my home yeah. country than I would be playing in the NBA. And But this is what I do. I love basketball. He does a great job with it. But he doesn't want the notoriety. He doesn't want the fanfare. You hear him talk about the MVP. It almost feels like he doesn't want to win the MVP award. So then mm-hmm. you put him in an all-star game. He's like, yeah, whatever, guys. You guys go do everything you want to do. I'm going to chase titles. You guys can chase all-star MVPs he's just one of those guys who doesn't want the notoriety doesn't love the spotlight and because of that this isn't the right game to be playing Jokic stuff
3: yeah and and so if you go in guys you're going to notice they're not going to let you do same game parlays for this game because mainly also this is like information could leak out before the before this thing goes it's like yeah this guy's only going to play five minutes this guy's probably going to play a lot whatever so they do they did put together some just like Pre-packaged ones, Mike. You know, you can go in and like, you know, they they gave you. Halliburton and Donovan Mitchell to combine for 35 or more plus points you know like minus 120 you can get Halliburton and Mitchell to both go over 15 points at plus 125 etc cetera, etc cetera. so if you go in go to the NBA All-Star Weekend tab it's a uh, player specials is the is the sub tab in there and you can go in and so they did package some of these together for you but they're not gonna let you do it yourself because you could probably take them for <laughs> some information gets out and you could probably take them for a lot of cash so they're gonna make you do the ones that they put together for you
2: This also could be one of those scary games, right? Because the same game parlays, people popping the over, popping three-pointers made, things like that. You could have a lot of players who go over their points prop in this game when the total was sitting at 359, and you could have a lot of players who make a lot of threes as well. And and you're going to have – it's hard to set those lines. When you know that you're going to have this up-and-down game with no defense and wide-open threes, it's wildly difficult to set lines for points props for three-pointers made, uh, things like that. So it makes it really difficult. You want to go in and you want to find some fun long shots you've got things like first basket right where you can pick a player and how they're going to score I would be picking only three pointers you're I I think you're going to have a guy shoot threes early in this game so you maybe even take someone like Giannis from three so you can take a bigger price because that's not generally what he's going to be shooting
3: just in the overall NBA market real quick guys of course the the big shakeup is that Joel Embiid no longer eligible for MVP uh Mike I've talked to a bunch of different people out there who say that they still like the minus 140 on Jokic at this point, considering that Embiid's out of it. The only other kind of longest shot they would look at maybe is Luka if Dallas goes on some sort of run because of what he's doing from a statistical perspective. But they think that he's going to need a few more wins there, team wins for him to climb up the board.
2: Yeah, Jokic at minus 140 is a deserving favorite, uh, especially without without with what we saw last year where everyone believed he should have won, especially after the playoff performance. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes for the 3P. I don't think Giannis is completely out of it at 8-1, to one, but this isn't a market that I really want to bet. I don't have a huge opinion here.
3: Let's look at more of these draft NFL draft markets that are up over at DraftKings when we come back.
0: This is the handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: If you have not already, head over to your favorite app store and download the DraftKings Sportsbook. When you do and you make that first deposit, you are going to put in the promo code V-CIN, VSIN, V S I N. And our gift to you is a no sweat bet up to $1,000. Go in, make your first bet. Should that bet happen to miss, you will get that amount back in bonus bets into your account instantly. $5 minimum deposit here, but you can go all the way up to 1000 but you got to use that promo code V-S-I-N over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Crown is yours. Matt Brown, Mike Somage coming to you here on a Sunday. It is The Handle, and we are getting into a lot of these markets that are starting to, to pop up over at DraftKings, Mike, with the NFL season. And, you know, listen, people are going like, dude, uh, the... The Super Bowl just ended, but let's think about it. Draft is not that far away. The combine is not that far away. Free agency is not that far away. All of these things, the NFL has done a very good job of keeping it a 12-month cycle of NFL because, yeah, you get out of the Super Bowl, but then, boom, you get hit with the combine, you get hit with a free agency, you get hit with the draft, you get hit with preseason, all of that. So it really is kind of a 12-month cycle, and I know people are going to be like, dude, how are you continue to talk NFL, but this is this is all relevant like seriously, like this stuff is like all relevant and, and certainly it's stuff that's going to play out here not that far down it seems like it's not really not that far down the line
2: yeah the draft will be here before you know it and we've got a ton of juice around the draft this year as well with the quarterbacks in the top three spots we don't know what the Bears are going to do with the number one pick if they do take a quarterback fields is on the move so just a lot going on in the nfl from that perspective but i know you bet the draft as much as i do matt mm-hmm. This is a great time to start building a portfolio around the draft because if you can get a couple guys at big numbers, information comes in, all of a sudden you have movement in those picks, you can end up with plus 200 on two separate guys. Like, if, if at some point I can get Jaden Daniels or Drake May at plus 200 for the number two pick, sign me up because I can probably get the other guy at plus 200 before this draft goes off for that exact same bet. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there with two to one on two guys, and one of them's going to get picked. And yeah. so if you are able to find situations like that and be able to start building a portfolio now heading into the draft, you can make it a really, really profitable exercise. So you got to be looking for numbers like that early so that you can get those odds flips later and make sure you lock yourself in.
3: So we talked a little bit about the number one pick, the number two pick and the number three pick on yesterday's show. And one of the things just to recap, if you weren't with us with that number three pick. Or the number two, however you want to look at it, with that number two pick. Mike and I both are of the same mindset that we're probably going to see some some pretty decent shifting like you know over the next 45 to 60 days between May and Daniels all you really need is one credible mock draft to have one of the guys going the other way and one of the guys going another way you need one credible beat reporter to say hey the team is leaning this way they really like this guy all of that and we're gonna see it happen we're gonna see it move the betting numbers my looks we saw it all year long the markets are more reactionary now than they ever have been in the history of sports betting and so I I would say my my personal opinion on this is I think you will get a better number on Daniels at two if you want to wait. And I also think you will get a better number on May at two if you want to wait. And as you said, maybe even put yourself in a situation where you're holding two really, really good tickets on those guys.
2: Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the combine yet. And once we get to the combine, we'll see these guys throw a little bit more, get 40 times bench reps. But they'll also meet with the teams. And that to me is one of the key parts of this is when they actually meet. With the teams, then information will start to come out. We'll find out who likes who, if, if there's specific fits that we're looking for. And then we'll, we'll find out what the Bears do with this number one pick, because I think that makes a big difference as well. If they end up trading back to two, then that's going to change who who is likely at two in my mind. If they end up sk- sticking with one, we know it's going to be Caleb Williams there. But you're going to have a lot of adjustments as we get closer and closer to this. And the other part you have to remember when betting the draft, it doesn't take a lot. To move these lines limits are lower than what you're going to see in a lot of other places so when you do have information come out what you're going to do is you're going to see groups and syndicates bet across seven or eight different sites hitting the max bet and that's going to change the odds quickly So it doesn't take a ton to move, you know, Jaden Daniels right now from plus 120 for the second overall pick to make him plus 250. All you need is a couple max bets on Drake May to go two, and all of a sudden your odds fluctuate drastically. And that's what we saw last year with Levis. He went from 40 to one to four to one for the second overall pick because of a Reddit thread by an anonymous user who'd only posted twice before. So it doesn't take a lot to move these markets and it creates opportunity because, you know, you're going to get adjustments in this throughout the next three months.
3: There is a market up at DraftKings. First non-quarterback taken in the draft. And Mike, here's the thing. We talk about this with the draft specifically. There are going to be bets that are actually good bets where you have to lay juice, right? And so you look at this one and the leader in the clubhouse is Marvin Harrison at minus 650. I am all but certain... Marvin Harrison's going to be the first non quarterback taken in the draft. You look at the way that this draft plays out, it looks like it's gonna go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback at one, two, three. And then after that, you have a perfect fit for a team in need with the Cardinals at four that need a wide receiver very, very badly whenever you look at what they have on the roster right now and the fact that they are now committed to to Kyler Murray moving forward. You you can't spend all this money on this quarterback and have him absolutely nobody to throw to. So this is just the absolute perfect fit. It makes the most sense in the world. Harrison, as the first non-quarterback taken, is like all, again, all but certain to me Am I gonna put this in the account at 650? Like I I try not to get crazy, crazy with the amount of juice that I'll lay, but I will say this. It is not completely off the table for me, but it's not in there yet. And I again I can't I can't be for certain that it's that it's gonna be in there.
2: Yeah, for me, it's a little bit too much juice right now. We'll see what happens Mm -hmm. at Combine. I, I think a wide receiver is very likely a four. And yeah, Harrison's clearly the best guy on the board, but someone like neighbors could get some buzz, possibly adjust this number a little bit. Another thing we see a lot is these draft props. So they'll offer manufactured parlays or parlays for you essentially at the book. I would love to find a, a Caleb Williams first quarterback and Harrison first uh, non-quarterback off the board. And they usually do do things like that where you can get a decent price. You can also try and go exact top four. We have to wait till close to the draft to be able to do that. But it seems like there's a really easy world there where you know Caleb is one, you know Harrison is four, you can flip-flop the two and the three, and if you're Mm -hmm. looking at plus prices, you can be profitable there. This is what I'm going to wait until a little bit closer to the draft and try and find a couple creative ways to get this in the account versus laying the 650 this far out.
3: Yeah, so let's let's take it to one of these other markets, and we talked about maybe there's different ways to get the same result here. And so which team will draft Marvin Harrison? And so right now, Cardinals minus 200, now, this is a bet I would put in the account, Mike, because, again, I do not see a scenario in which the Cardinals trade out of that pick to get a Marvin Harrison Jr., unless they are just given the world for that pick to, to for someone else to come up and get him. Um Again, it is you're paying a ton of money to Kyler Murray. They have no wide receivers at all on this roster right now. I mean, the Hollywood Brown's gone. Like, I mean, they, they have nobody. I mean, this is they have to draft a guy for the future. They, it is it is imperative that they draft a guy for the future. Whenever you're spending the type of money you're spending with Kyler Murray at the quarterback position. So again, at minus two hundred, this is kind of the same bet that we're making with the first non-quarterback off the board. Yes, there's a tiny bit of risk that the Cardinals trade out of that number four pick, but again, you're only laying minus two hundred, not minus six fifty and so i actually think this is a bet i would put in the account
2: yeah i don't think the minus 200 price Mm. is bad at all i agree with you if they don't trade out of the pick they're clearly taking marvin harrison jr here so the minus 200 not too bad at this point the bears would be the one team that i'd be a little bit interested in because if they do decide to, to trade up they could go from eight to four wouldn't cost them too much and you also have a team in Arizona who then could take neighbors or Adunze at that that eight or nine pick there from the Bears. So there's a little bit of juggling that could happen there. But if you're looking at the most likely scenario, so two, minus 266 percent, is it 66 percent chance here that we see the Cardinals take Harrison? I would say it's a greater chance than that as we mm-hmm. sit here now. The question is, do you want to tie your money up to the draft, laying in the 200? Look, if you're best betting football and you've got some money sitting around from the season. Yeah, this one makes sense to put in the account.
3: Yeah, I look at this one, too, and I think this number... This might be the best we ever get of this number, because the more that it looks more certain, because it, let's think about this too, There's my guy. There's, there are some people who really haven't focused a ton of their attention to these markets quite yet, and the more that it looks really certain that it's going to go quarterback, 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 then people are going to start honing in on who the, who is then in fact going to go at that number four position, It's going to then start to paint this picture of the Cardinals taking Harrison at four. And I don't know if this minus 200 doesn't turn into 250, 300, 330, 350, something like that. Because, again, I think it would take a haul for them to to move out of that pick because of the team needs that they have and the money that they have locked up in Kyler Murray at this point.
2: And it sets up wonderfully for it as well, because you've got teams at one, two and three that all need a quarterback. So they're all going to look to draft a quarterback. If anyone is trading up into the top three because of the price you have to pay to get that spot, you're almost forced to take a quarterback. So you're, you're good. I'd be shocked if we don't see QB one, two, and three, and then you're sitting there at four. You've got a team, like you said, that needs a wide receiver. And you've got someone who has been considered a generational talent at that position, sitting there on the board. Again, it would take a lot for them to trade out of that four pick. Now they have a lot of holes. That's the one concern. So if they can go to nine with the bears and the bears can move up and give them some first round capital, maybe that's something that happens. But uh, to me, it would be a pretty big surprise if they want to move out there, out of there, unless they got a godfather offer.
3: Yeah, I agree. on that one. So I think the 200 is palatable as far as like getting bets into the account. When we come back, let's talk about some good news, bad news out there in this sports industry and get our takes on what do we think about this whole offensive coordinator situation over for the Commanders.
0: From BBC Radio 4.